Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some okay, knowledge. Right, but we do have to let the stream breathe just for a few seconds to make sure that we have all of our social channels. And we're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is my fellow football priest. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, I'm going to butcher this dude's name, um, but the Broncos signed after they brought him in for a visit. He went through all the protocols. They officially signed well, we, I just had it, dude, from watching the highlight. Damaria? Damaria. Damaria Crockett. That's what it was. Damaria Crockett to the practice squad. Of course, former Mizzou Tiger, former Drew Locke and Albert Okuwe Boonham uh, teammate. Your reaction to the Broncos kind of keeping the Tigers band together? Yeah, they're kind of keeping it all in the family. It's very insensual. You know, I, I butchered that word as well, but it's just, <laughs> it's a, it's another, I think, favor to Drew Locke. They, they drafted Alberto fairly high. That's, that he has a lot of chemistry with Alberto. This is more of an indictment. I, I wouldn't even say indictment. Bellamy's injury. Losing Bellamy, just having needing a depth body at this point of the season. Maybe Royce Freeman, they weren't happy with his blitz protection or what he's bringing to the table or lack thereof. I wouldn't look at this as a season-defining move, you know, franchise-altering move. It's nice that there's chemistry with the Missouri connection, but beyond that, Chad, how do you really get too excited about Demarie? Demarie, good job, my friend. Yeah, I wasn't even sure, honestly why they made the move just because you still have Jeremy Cox. And I know he was, he was actually signed to the active roster. I don't know, a week, week and a half back. However, I think more than anything, what this telegraphs to Broncos country is the reality that the Broncos are anticipating a suspension to be uh, handed down to Melvin Gordon at some point this year. I guess there's maybe a chance it could come next year, depending on, if he fights it in terms of not just with the local um, you know, law enforcement, but with the league and whatnot, if he just takes it on the chin, admit fault and all that, it could happen as soon as this year. And I think that's the Broncos, Zach, being a little preemptive and trying to look ahead and hedge. Let's get a guy in now, get him in the scheme, get him back feeling comfortable again with Drew and see where we're at. 
Yeah, I, again, it's a depth move. Um, the familiarity with Drew Locke, I think, separated this signing from any other guy they could have picked up on the street. Any other camp, not camp body, any other roster body at this point, midseason body, it's the Missouri connection. I, I'm sure Drew Locke vouched for him in the same way he probably vouched for Albert O's drafting. It's good to have the familiarity, but other than that, unless there's an injury to Philip Lindsay or an injury to Royce Freeman, he's not going to factor too much into their immediate plans. So today, of course, it is the favorite podcast of each and every week for Zach and I. It is that time in the week where we take a peek inside the Mile High Mailbag because we are your football priests, and each and every week, we're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions, and we can't wait to find out what is on your mind. we got to talk about the injury report, which on Thursday had some new developments, some exciting developments, and also a couple of concerns that we're going to talk about here as well. Now, I have a little thing i got to take care of this evening, so we might have to, we might have to maybe uh, dip out of here a little bit earlier than we might normally But if that's the case, just get your questions in the topics, whatever you need to get off your chest, whatever demons you need exercise, any super chats that you're planning on putting, get them in early. And Zach and I will get to each and every one. That's a promise before I do officially have to dip on out of here. Um, Real quick, Zach, as well, I wanted to see, it looks like as far as, I want to get into the full injury report, but Draymond Jones, He's gonna. It's looking like he's gonna play this week against the Chiefs, and that couldn't have come at a more opportune time for the Broncos. It's uh, Timmy Jernigan's release kind of telegraphed that they wouldn't have released him even for depth purposes if they weren't confident in Draymond Jones and Demarcus Walker. The bye week they couldn't get him back because the game was rescheduled. The Patriots game, their bye week came early. NFL rules prohibited that. It seems like they're fully healthy. We talked about it yesterday. We touched on it. Draymond Jones's reinsertion into the lineup is going to be so crucial. It's one thing for Bradley Chubb to look like Bradley Chubb, Simmons to look like Simmons, but the interior push in the middle of the line, you're getting it from Shelby Harris, someone from Mike Purcell, but from the other end position. Will it be Demarcus Walker? Will it be Draymond Jones? It, they they signed Kilgo. They signed Sylvester Williams back. They have some bodies on the defensive line. Deshaun Williams. So now that they're mostly healthy, the sum of all their parts can be what they needed since Malik Jackson disappeared, Chad. That interior guy they thought they were getting with Jarrell Casey didn't turn out that way at all. But I think Draymond Jones, who was looking great before he went down, he's going to add a little something to this game. And anything to make Mahomes uncomfortable, anything to make him not get into a groove in the pocket, anything to push him back into that pass rush will help the Broncos defense tremendously. There's no reason to dislike Draymond Jones coming back. Coming back from injured reserve, which, by the way, is why you don't see his name on the injury report because technically he's not on the roster. And the injury report, the practice report, I should say, each and every week is there for the guys who are on the roster. What are they doing at practice? And so as soon as Draymond gets activated, you'll start seeing him again, of course, on that, including Demarcus Walker, including A.J. Uh, Bouye, who it's also looking good. I mean, this is one of those games where, you know, it's it's shaping up to be a snow game again, Zach, oddly enough. I mean – Locke versus Mahomes part two is shaping up to be yet another snowstorm for the Denver Broncos and Kansas City Chiefs, which is going to be really fun to watch. And, you know, that's going to have some implications. It's going to slow the gears down a little bit offensively for both teams here. But the Broncos are inching back to about as close to full strength as they're going to be able to get to this year outside of, you know, ducking the injury bug between now and and December. And then Von Miller maybe being able to come back halfway through December if the Broncos are relevant. 
Yeah, Mother Nature with the with the assist for Sunday's game. And you know what they say about weather, Chad? It's the great equalizer, and it favors rushing attacks. And in this case, it would favor the Broncos ground game, even with Le'Veon Bell, even with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'm taking a full-strength Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon, what he brings to the table. And if it becomes a battle of the running games and the Broncos play the defense they played against the Patriots, this will get very interesting very, very quickly. We can't wait to continue to break this down with you guys, get to your questions, get to your supers here in just one second. First, a few really quick matters of business. Gang, tonight's live stream pod is brought to you by sportsbetting.com. Gambling is now legal in the state of Colorado. Everybody knows that. Here is what makes sportsbetting.com a no-brainer for Broncos country. You get sharp odds, you get low juice, hassle-free bonuses, and 24-7 live support, and it's always a real person in the United States. And this is not a site that uses third parties to provide odds. This is in-house bookmakers, reduced juice, and the very, very best prices. But the kicker is this. At sportsbetting.com, you can get a 100% risk-free week of sports betting, up to $1,000. They've upped the ante. And it's not just one bet, all of your bets. So you can play for a week. If your losses exceed your winnings at the end of the week, sportsbetting.com will cover 100% of the difference, up to $1,000. And you can roll it over one time. So head on over to sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle. That's sportsbetting.com slash mile high huddle and capitalize on a risk free week of sports betting up to thousand bucks. All right, guys, a couple other quick things here, and then we will get right to your questions and comments. We'll talk more about the injury report. Make sure you're connected with us on social media. First and foremost, follow the podcast on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod and the main account at Mile High Huddle. And while you're at, as you can see here in the in the video boxes, my partner Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL. Myself, at Chad N. Jensen. If you have those four accounts followed, you're not going to miss anything as it relates to your favorite podcast and your team, the Denver Broncos. Uh, and then also, gang, gentle reminder to head on over to huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on if you're in a position to do that. Get a MHH trucker hat. Get a football preset like you see Zach rocking there. Get a face mask. Get one of Christie's brand new shirts that are selling like hotcake. Get a mug. There's hoodies. It's starting to cool down. The face mask, the hoodie, going to come in handy right about now. It's just another way that you can support what we're doing here at MHH. And a shout out to our Facebook supporters and our Facebook community, which just continues to grow at a mind-boggling rate. If you would like to become an official supporter, just go to our page, facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. You'll see the big blue button that says become a supporter. Click that. You're in like Flynn. We have some really exciting developments coming down the pipe content-wise that are going to be keyed specifically to and only for our official Facebook supporters. So shout out to you guys. And gang, if you're not in a position to do any of those things, it's all good. We are just completely stoked to have you in the stream here with us live. We're listening after the fact on demand as a podcast. But what we ask is these three things. Each and every one of you can do these three things. And first and foremost, that's subscribe. Second is like this video, like this episode. And the best testimonial, gang, to tell Zach and I if you guys really think we're doing a good job or not, is whether or not you're sharing these podcasts out there. Share this video out on your social media. It's the best way that we can tell if we're doing well. It's our litmus test. And that helps us continue to grow and reach like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site. 
out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Listen up, Broncos country. Coors Hard Seltzer is not your average seltzer. Rooted in Coors' long history of sustainability, their brand was inspired by a generation that wants to do good in the world that has a mission to restore America's rivers. Never before has it been so easy to make an impact and make a difference and do good in the world. Coors Hard Seltzer is launching the world's easiest volunteer program. Whatever you're doing, simply by cracking open a can of Coors Hard Seltzer, you're volunteering. Our waterways, guys, they are at risk. 80% of America's rivers are drying up. And through a partnership with Change the Course, Coors Hard Seltzer is helping to protect and restore America's rivers. Each 12-pack of Coors Hard Seltzer restores 500 gallons of fresh water to U.S. rivers. Wrap your brain around that. And the communities that depend on them, it's so important. The results? One billion, that's with a B gang, gallons of water restored to 16 river basins across the U.S., including the Colorado River. And that's just year one. And here's what's great about Coors Hard Seltzer. Four refreshing flavors, one cool cause. Enjoy naturally flavored black cherry, mango, lemon lime, and grapefruit. And the specs are in, gang. Coors Seltzer is 4.5% ABV and only 90 calories. Chad, I got to say, for last Sunday's slate of NFL games, I picked up a Coors Hard Seltzer and mango. Loved it. This week, I picked up a Coors Hard Seltzer and black cherry. Loved it even more. So, guys... Whether you want to support the cause or like the flavors, you won't be disappointed with a Coors Hard Seltzer. Amen. So join the world's easiest volunteer program by simply drinking Coors Hard Seltzer. You can volunteer to restore America's rivers. You buy Coors Hard Seltzer, you help restore 500 gallons of water into America's rivers. It is that simple. Visit CoorsSeltzer.com to find Coors Seltzer near you. That's CoorsSeltzer.com. For every 12-pack sold through 831-2021, Coors will purchase services from Change the Course to restore 500 gallons of fresh river water. Details at CoorsSeltzer.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. All right, Zach, I want to get to the injury report real quick. Just a brief, brief look at it, and then we will dive right into the uh, Mile High Mailbag quickly here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab this so everyone can follow along. The practice reports some good news. Noah Fant went from being limited on Wednesday to a full participant on Thursday. Mike Purcell 
Here's uh, also some good news. The big nose tackle limited on Wednesday, full participant on Thursday. And the same went for Bradley Chubb. Now Bradley Chubb, he's got a little ankle thing and they were just kind of playing it safe, limiting him on Wednesday. He was a full go today on Thursday. DeMar Dotson was back. Of course, it was a vet rest day. He was a full participant today. KJ Hamler, though, went from being limited yesterday to being limited today. So not necessarily being upgraded in his status, Zach, but not a step backward either. That's good that he's not experienced any kind of a setback. And then lastly, Jake Butt popped up on the injury report. He was not listed on Wednesday, but he popped up with a hammy on Thursday. So here we go. Noah Fant's going to be back this week. Yeah, he's definitely playing, and it seems like Hamler, I, I, we talked about this briefly before we went on, I, I do think he will suit up K.J. Hamler on Sunday against the Chiefs, if only because they have to match fire with fire. He's not going to play starter snaps, 100% of offensive snaps, but he will have some role as a situational pass catcher, a deep threat, even a decoy. And getting him on the field means Deshaun Hamilton comes off the field. So I'm very excited to see Hamler play on Sunday. Also, real quick, it's worth mentioning, Dalton Reisner, was out on the practice field, did take the field early, had a helmet, was out there with his teammates stretching and warming up, but did not participate. The Broncos, I think, Zach, are playing it safe because and conservative because they do hope and expect that he can play this this Sunday against the Chiefs. But barring that, if it, you know, if that shoulder's not able to turn the corner, then of course they'll roll with Austin Schlotman again at left guard. And then you got the tight end fullback, Andrew Beck, has not practiced at all this week with a hammy. So you know, a couple of minor role players like Butt and Beck popping up on the injury report. But by and large, Zach, I think the message Broncos fans should be holding on to here is this team is inching back to full strength, and it could happen as soon as this Sunday. Yes, for sure. Uh, Dalton Reisner, he has to get a limited practice at least tomorrow to have any chance of playing. If he's DNP tomorrow, he's going to be out on Sunday, and Schlopen will fill in. And he, Dalton Reisner, it might not be a huge loss considering how poorly he's looked through to this point of the season. Other than that, like you mentioned, Fant coming back, Boye coming back, Hamler coming back. The Broncos offense has Drew Locke under center for two games in a row. Phillip Lindsay's there. Melvin Gordon will be there. This is going to be, I think, more of a game than many people are realizing on Sunday. Mr. Boggins, everybody knows this superstar in the MHH community. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. He says, all I want to know is who's going to follow Travis Kelsey around all game. Is it going to be an extra DB? Do you put Boye on him since he's back? I think stopping Kelsey – is the key. Now, Zach, last year, Vic Fangio, let's just focus on uh, week 15, the snow game when the Broncos actually had, you know, a decent quarterback. It was a relatively low scoring affair for the Chiefs. And I think the weather was more, you know, the cause of that as opposed to necessarily anything Fangio was doing schematically. But Travis Kelsey was one of the Chiefs offensive guys that just had himself a day. Um, So shocker. What's your answer? How do you stop him? Can you stop him? Is it a DB? Is it a linebacker? How do you neutralize this cat? It's a To me, it's an inside linebacker, and his name is Nigel Bradham. And I don't know why he cannot get on the field. I don't know what the Broncos were waiting for. They're going to face one of the best tight end, arguably the best tight end in football, and he is their best pass-covering inside linebacker on the roster. Failing that, though, I would bracket Travis Kelsey at all times. Then you have to worry, if you put Simmons on him, who's going to have Tyree Kill over the top, Nicole Hardman over the top? They have so many weapons on offense, including Le'Veon Bell now, including Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I would definitely at least always have a linebacker or a safety bumping him at the line of scrimmage, throwing him off, shadowing him, um, 
bracketing him, double covers. Do not let him beat you down the field. He's going to get his yards. Mahomes will get his yards. Hill will get his yards. But it's what extent is he going to damage you? Are you going to let him run wild and have him go for 150 and two touchdowns or 60 yards and no scores? It's a huge difference. He's going to get hit the ball. It's a matter of how the Broncos guard him and how quickly they tackle him, their gap responsibility. It comes down to coaching and preparation, Chad. If they play the way they played against New England, against Kansas City, they will do enough to limit, not stop, the Chiefs' offense. Yeah, I mean, that's the best you can hope to do. It's like back in the 90s, if you went against Jordan and Pippen, you're not going to stop either one of those guys, all right? But the best you can hope to do is sell out to limit them. And the only way you can do that is by having a great scheme, executing and playing with discipline. And if the Broncos can do that in a general sense against the Chiefs offensively, or I should say defensively, you got a chance. Now, are you going to see anyone match up like the old uh, Aqib Tlaib matchup on Jimmy Graham back when he was a Patriot, that one game in which they decided, hey, let's put our number one corner, this big, long, six-foot-one Aqib Tlaib, on Jimmy Graham. And, of course, Belichick looked like a genius because they shut him down. We never saw the Broncos ever do anything similar to that once he became a Bronco with Tlaib and and all the tight end problems persisted. Uh, Nevertheless, I would be open to just about anything at this point. I think Vic Fangio has to realize, though, Zach, what he did last year in both encounters with the Chiefs. Because the first encounter, Mahomes gets hurt and you get the backup that comes in and still lights up Fangio's defense. I mean, it was out of control. He's just got to recognize that whatever his – philosophy was game planning wise as a tactician last year it just wasn't the right sauce for this team find something else find a different formula give them some unscouted looks make them think make them hold on to the ball just a little bit longer and hopefully you know your front seven comes to play because if you can get pressure on Mahomes, you know it could, it could result in some big things especially with this snow and by the way you got kathy jumping in good to see you kathy thank you it's been a minute yeah indeed one of our superstars one of the female greats in our community she says, hey, guys, it's been a minute, been traveling. No question, just showing some love. Hashtag state of being. It's great you, to Kathy. see you, Kathy. Thanks for, for jumping in. And, yeah, um, whoops, sorry, do that again, John. I missed that. Montana and North Dakota, Kathy says, back home in Seattle area now. That's where she's been cool. traveling from the uh, Pacific Northwest. And, yes, Bailey, we did see that it's likely to be a snow game, as we mentioned at the top of the show. Really interesting. We are curious to see how that plays out for both clubs in uh, week seven. Let's grab Royal here, Zach. Appreciate you, Royal. Thank you. I want to say Royal's been a superstar every day this week. Like the last, this is four out of four pods in a row, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be, but I don't think I am. So thank you, Royal. You have increasingly become a superstar, and it means a lot to us, my friend. He says, Eric Trickle had said on Twitter that uh, Quinn and Williams from the Jets could be had for a second rounder uh, would that be a move you guys no. would approve of? Now, Zach, I know you're shaking your head. I would be all about getting Quentin Williams for a second rounder if the Jets were really willing to part with him for a second rounder because, you know, I think with the right coach and I think Vic Fangio and getting him in there with Bill Kalar, he could, could go on to be all pro, one of the best D tackles in the game. We thought that about Jarrell Casey, though. I mean, it kind of had my my hopes punctured. But, you know, Quentin Williams – he hasn't realized the potential in New York like we all thought he was going to be. He was a top five pick, wasn't he, in the draft? Yes. And you're also, if you trade for him, you're inheriting that contract. And to do that, not only the compensation and the money, you're taking snaps away from, let's say, Shelby Harris, Draymond Jones, Deshaun Williams, 
I, I never really advocate for the Broncos making a luxury move when they take reps away from younger players. They're pretty okay along the D-line. Draymond's coming back. Demarcus Walker has a chance. Deshaun has stepped up. And then you have Shelby, who's balling out every game. Throw on Mike Purcell. I, I don't see the need for Quinton Williams. They don't want to trade for... Uh, you know, a number one wide receiver, let's say, to help Drew Locke out until Sutton comes back next year. If they want to move for uh, another safety or a cornerback, I can see that happening before defensive linemen. I think they're okay in that department. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. I would be just, uh, really, I would be all about it. And I think it's a big difference. I get what you're saying because, you know, in fantasy football, I'm one of those owners in fantasy where you could like offer me the greatest trade in the world. And I'm, I'm one of those devil, you know, better, you know, over the devil you don't. I hold on to my guys and I, I, I just don't like change in that sense and something new and fiddling with the chemistry. But in the case of Quinn and Williams, man, you know, he's, what is this, his second year? He was a top five pick. He's been underutilized. He's kind of, you know, went on the crappiest team in the league. I still think he's got elite, elite potential in him. And it's just going to take the right coaching. And if you look at Draymond, you got Draymond for another couple of years. I think Demarcus Walker is gone after this year. Shelby, if they're smart, they'll bring him back. And you can put Quinnen in even at nose tack. I don't know. Super chat from Mike Evans. Everyone knows Mike. Love you, brother. Yes. One of the most Thank you, Mike. superstars. Yes. In our community, he says, uh, do you think we can keep Mahomes under 300 yards passing this week? And Zach, before I serve this over to you for your opinion, I just want to mention here on this game log so far this year, six games under his belt. He has eclipsed 300 yards passing exactly half of the time. So last last game against Buffalo, they did a pretty good job of limiting the big plays. And, you know, he kind of dinked and dunked and the Chiefs still got theirs. But he only passed for 225 yards, and then in the season opener, 211. Does Vic Fangio's defense have a performance like that in them this week? It's because Mahomes doesn't have to be the 300, 400, 500-yard passing guy every week. They have a running game now, so they can win both ways. If the Broncos are to win this game, barring it being a Broncos blowout and it's in garbage time, he will be under 300 yards. Whether that means four touchdowns or two touchdowns, that will be the difference in the game. They can do it. 
They held Cam Newton's rushing, you know, attack in check last week. They've played some of the best offenses in the entire NFL and went toe to toe with them, including the Titans. They can do this, Chad. They have the horses. They have the firepower. It comes down to scheme. If we get the Broncos team we saw in weeks one through three, they are going to get blown off the field at mile high. If we get the Broncos defense and scheme we saw last week, it's going to be a competitive game that probably comes down to the fourth quarter. That's my answer. And this kind of my reply, just riffing off what you said, actually ties in nicely to what John's asking us here on YouTube, who he says, hey, do you still have Denver making the playoffs? You know, I really like the energy with which this team is playing right now. And obviously, you know, that Jets game after starting 0-3, that was a great kind of get right game. You know, get a little uh, scalp on the wall, so to speak, and start feeling a little bit better about yourself. And that win against the Patriots, as imperfect as it was, that was just massively confidence building. And so I just love the energy. And, you know, this could be the type of game where the Chiefs come in and just it's a reality check type thing where the litmus test, you know, you get the results and you're like, okay, yeah, we're still a long ways (laughs) off here. But I like the energy and I think this is going to be a competitive game. And so as it relates to the playoffs, John is, is asking you know, I think I'll have a little bit better feeling for is this team destined right. to compete for the playoffs, depending on how this game goes. Nine losses in a row to the Chiefs. They got to snap that at some point. I mean, the law of averages at some point has to come in here and, you know, kind of be, be a factor. But I don't know. At this point, John, I don't really have an answer for you. Do I still have Denver making the playoffs? It's hard to say. Uh, Zach, what do you think? It's a such an, a hard question, even at this point of the season. And you ask us, guys, ask us this in week one. We didn't know. We don't know in week seven. I will say it's going to take about nine wins, I think, bare minimum, to make the wild card in the AFC this year. That would mean the Broncos have to win seven more games. Do you believe they have it in them? It's a matter of opinion. They can win seven more games. They have the ability to win seven more games. Uh, with Locke under center and the defense playing like last week, yes, they can make the playoffs. Will they? I'm with Chad. I know it's kind of a cop-out. I want to see how they come out against Kansas City. Even if they lose this game, I want to see how they lose. Will they play conservative and scared and passive? Are they going to be aggressive and take the Chiefs down to the last final seconds of the game? I will have a more concrete answer, as I'm sure you will, Chad, after Sunday. And just seeing what the Raiders did. I mean, if you're the Broncos and you've split with the Raiders now, however many years in a row it's been, and you're like, hey, if they could get a win against this team, we can get a win against this team. Right. Uh, Levi jumping in, one of our superstars. Love you, bro. Good Thank to see you, Levi. as always. He says, if it snows during the game, does that increase our chances of winning or decrease? I think it increases because, yes. you know, it it neutralizes the aerial aspect of what Mahomes and Tyreek and that entire arsenal of weapons can do on, on KC's side. And then you think, well, you know, it has the same – you know, it has the same negative effect. If it has a negative effect on the Chiefs, that has that same negative effect on the Broncos passing offense. But that's okay because the Broncos, Zach, they're still trying to forge their offense. And if you can establish their passing offense, and if you can establish the run in this game, in a snow game, in a weather game, and utilize the play action and still take a few vertical shots like you showed you were willing to do in that Patriots game, and also like you saw a few times in that Chiefs game in the snow last year, there was that one deep play to Noah Fant on play action. You know, if you can control the game that way, I think it does point the needle. It, it helps the Broncos. Does it favor the Broncos? I, don't, I can't go quite that far. 
Yeah, Duke brought up a good point that look at last year's snow game. Mahomes looked pretty like Mahomes, and he hit, I think it was Demarcus Robinson, uncovered for a long touchdown against the Broncos defense. It could be that way. I mean, Mahomes is that good where even snow doesn't stop him or slow this offense down. I want to say it will increase the Broncos' odds if incrementally. Again, Mother Nature is always the great equalizer. Snow and inclement weather, it favors rushing attacks. And I will say the Broncos, I will take their rushing attack over Kansas City's rushing attack right now. Again, if they can limit Kansas City's offense being on the field, that means ball-controlled offense with Lindsey and Melvin Gordon take the occasional shots down the field to Hamler, to Judy, underneath to Noah Fan, get the ball moving north, down the field, take time off the clock, and most importantly, Chad, score touchdowns. If they yep. can do that, they can win this game. Well said. Daniel Sanchez says, what's up, guys? What do you think about a double tight end set? Fant and Alberto with the play action. Dang, watch out, KC. Yeah, we're pining for We're hoping Pat Shermer and Vic Fangio as well. You know, Fangio might have to strong arm this. We hope that they're smart enough to utilize a little two tight ends, especially in the red zone, because you're already, when in the red zone, if you're the Chiefs or any opponent, you're already looking fans way, right? You're before each and every snap, especially if it's second or third down, you're like, all right, guys, you know, we got to have a plan for what does everyone know what we're doing here with Fant? And then you compound that, Zach, by, you know, a a tight end who has similar abilities in that red zone where everything shrinks. So I think you will see a few this week. But at the same time, we don't know yet because they were so long-winded and adamant about, hey, we're not playing Albert O because he can't block. And basically they only played him last week because they, you know, I I wouldn't say because they had to, but it kind of felt that way, Zach. But it's the same, I think, this week, especially now with Jake Butt having a hamstring injury. He's limited. He'll be, you know, bulky on the field. Andrew Beck is also a question mark right now. So they're going to need bodies at the position. I think Alberto will be active. But, you know, predicting his usage or knowing what Pat Shermer is going to do is always a wild card. I never know what the Broncos game plan is going to look like until it's actually unfolding. He'll be on the field. You will see packages with Noah Fan and Alberto together because this is what the Broncos envisioned when they drafted both tight ends, having this type of Gronkowski-Aaron Hernandez pairing. Whether that translates into, you know, 200-plus yards combined, three touchdowns, I don't know. But we're going to see some plays, hopefully, hopefully by Pat Shermer, utilizing both their skill sets as pass catchers, not blockers. And for what it's worth, Drew Locke had never played in the snow before that game last year in week 15. And he talked about this yesterday on his Wednesday availability that one of his takeaways from that game was a little confidence booster in that, hey, I I learned that I could throw in the snow. So I think that might be a little bit of a hint that the Broncos are still going to come out and and be vertical and and throw the football. Jeff C., Bonafide superstar jumping in. Did you see what Tim Patrick? Uh, did you see? Did you guys see Tim Patrick not want to answer about Kansas City? Yes, I did. And for those of you who missed it, uh, basically he was asked if I'm not mistaken here, Zach. I'll I'll see if I can pull up the quote real quick. Give give me just one second. I'll paraphrase it. In fact, because I don't want to bog down, we don't have a ton of time tonight. But uh, he was basically asked, you know, what's what's it like playing against the Chiefs and their coverages and their DBs or something to that effect. And he went to answer and he was like pause and he goes you know I can't trust myself basically to say anything positive or I can't trust myself to not say something negative so I'm not going to say anything at all so a little chippy you know a little I wouldn't quite call it anything close to bulletin board material but it's a step in that direction but he he didn't say anything it was omitting that and saying I don't have anything good to say about my opponent you know competition 
But that says more than actually saying something. Him saying, I don't want to say anything, it actually is a bigger subtle diss than saying, you know, we're going to beat Kansas City, we're going to come out and face them. I love the attitude. I love how the Broncos, it seems like under Drew Locke's brief reign, they've really embraced this this rivalry between the Chiefs. Even though the Chiefs are obviously kings of the West, they're champions, they have, they're the better team right now. Drew Locke's coming out and stoking the fire. Tim Patrick's stoking the fire. You love to see it. Doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things, but at least Tim Patrick is veteran enough to know he's not giving Andy Reid any whiteboard, bulletin board material at all. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Pobby jumping in off the top rope, being generous. Thank we you, love you, Pobby. Thank you so much. It means everything to us, and you know that. She's just sending some love. Thank you, my friend. Good to see you. Hope you're doing well. Let's also grab uh, Dank Buds and Black Metal. Now, that's a handle for you there, Zach, on YouTube. <laughs> that's, that's some combo. Appreciate the super chat, my friend. He says, uh, I don't miss an episode, fellas, but this is my first chance to say hi. Oh, it's great having you in the stream, my friend. Welcome. And remember, we're here every single day. Well, Mile High Huddle is six day, uh, seven days a week from six to seven Mountain. And then, of course, my uh, Huddle Up podcast. We are Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. So just to just to put it on your calendar. But he says, uh, can't wait for this game, guys. I'm <laughs> I'm chubbing. I think I can say that. Hey, we uh, we're excited to see this one shake out as well. Thanks, Dink Buds. Yeah, we uh, we echo your sentiment there. I am curious how you define black metal, though. Um, throw some throw some names out there, the bands that define the genre. Wow. Dale. Dale. Bonafide wow. superstar, longtime listener, MHH, Mount Rushmore member. He can't be in every single stream, but when he's here, he shows his support, he shows his love, and he always brings good questions and good topics. And, you know, he's out there in paradise, in, in Hawaii, soaking up those sun rays and so we all envy him for that. But Dale, thank you so much for your support, my friend. Yes. That just appreciate you, to us, buddy. He says with Fant back and active, Albert O is and Albert O is Shermer smart enough to use these weapons effectively? Two massive sub four five speedsters at the tight end position, not to mention all other weapons. If Hamler plays, there will be no excuse for lack of scoring. Zach, one thing you said is we, 
and I think this was interesting and worth talking about, and it ties into Dale, is that we don't know what to expect from a Pat Shermer game plan on a week-in, week-out basis. And I think the biggest reason for that, and it might come off like I'm making excuses for an offensive coordinator, but it's the lack of quarterback consistency. Yes, Drew Locke has now started three of the five games the Broncos have played, but he's only actually played two of those games, and he's had a revolving door has Shermer at quarterback, and so it's been difficult for him to really kind of you know, get into a groove, figure out what works best. And it really does just come down to your quarterback. You have to structure around your quarterback. And you could see last week, Zach, that, hey, man, Shermer trusts Locke. Shermer trusts Locke to push the ball and take his shots and do his thing. And so getting back to what Dale's saying here about Albert Owen Fant, is is Shermer smart enough to use these weapons effectively? I think he's smart enough. It's just a matter of can he put it all together in a game He's got Drew now for two games in a row and, you know, knock on wood. That'll be the first time this year he'll have the same quarterback for a full 60 uh, 60 minutes back-to-back. I mean, I'm sure he's a smart guy. You don't get to be an NFL coordinator without being smart. You can't be stupid. But this is also the same guy who completely ignored Noah Fant in the opener and went away from him in the second half and then kind of rediscovered him in the second game. I, I... you think on paper having KJ Hamler back, Noah Fant back to pair with Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, you know, Melvin Gordon, Philip, all the rest would make it an, an easy game plan against Kansas City, knowing that you're going to be probably in for some sort of shootout. You're not going to win this game 9-6 unless it's a blizzard of Green Bay proportions. So you have to score points on offense. I do like, though, what he said today in his availability. He was talking about being aggressive against the Patriots, and it, he indicated that he's going to be that way going forward. I don't think he's going to take his foot off the pedal now with Drew Locke under center. A lot of what you're saying, Chad, is true. It's hard to game plan when you don't have not just your franchise quarterback, but now you're on your third quarterback in Brett Rippon. It's impossible when it changes every week. New linemen, new receivers, this and that. But situationally, there's no excuse for ignoring Fant or a fourth and one shovel pass or multiple runs on third and fourth down and short. That's what I'm worried about with Shermer. I think he can script up a good game plan going into the game, but it's in the first quarter, second quarter, play-by-play, snap-by-snap. Will will he be consistent? Will he dial up a deep ball after Locke throws an interception in the snow if it happens? Or is he going to run the ball, be more committed to that? That I don't know yet. So we haven't seen a, a Broncos game with two consecutive starting quarterbacks starting the same game. And until we do, I don't know a trend or a pattern in Pat Shermer's game planning. Right. Sounds like a, It sounds like a cop-out. But we have to just see how it plays out before we form any definitive conclusions on Pat Shermer's coaching ability. Yeah, we just don't know yet. I I think Zach and I, you guys can sense the difference in our tonality. I think at this point, Zach's a lot more skeptical in Shermer at this stage. I was really excited about the Shermer edition. And so I'm still kind of holding on to that just because of what I've seen him do on, on in past NFL stops. But eventually we can't we gotta stop making excuses for him. He's gotta start making it you know, playing why he was a coveted uh, coordinator. And, you know, this is a good opportunity for him. There are some storylines here with him being a former Andy Reid acolyte and coming up in the NFL under Andy Reid. You know, this is, it's going to be fun. Black Knight. Oh, go ahead. Let let me just make one point about Pat Shimmer that I think you can agree with. Losing Cortland Sutton sucks, but the Broncos have enough talent on offense to win. They have more talent on offense when you put it all together. The running backs, uh, the tight ends, the receivers they do have are stepping up right now. A first-round pick, Tim Patrick, uh, K.J. Hamler. They have enough weapons, even without Sutton, to where we shouldn't have to worry or wonder what the game plan should look like. We shouldn't have to guess. Well said. Black Knight, 232. Bonafide superstar, big-time gamer. 
Yes. Appreciate you, you, my friend. He says, hail to the new season eight tournament champs, baby. Well, congrats to you guys. That's great, brother. He says, the Broncos win on Sunday was funny in a way. I think Gordon coming back for the KC game will help out in a big way. And let's hope our OC won't do anything cute and (laughs) stupid. Very uh, appropriate timing there for that super chat. Appreciate you, my friend. Good to see you. And congrats again on your championship. That's great. Um, Bronco Batman. And by the way, there's something that Shermer said today. I want to read this quote, talk about it. But we got a few supers and questions we got to get to real quick that have stacked up. Bronco Batman. There he is. Good to see you, my brother. He says NFL Network saying sit all Denver's players and Denver D on fantasy. Start the Chiefs D and their offensive players. Shake my head. No love. Go Broncos. I feel you with the indignation, Bronco Batman. And for all of Broncos country, you hate the being dismissed like that. But remember, not only is it the Chiefs, all right, and the juggernaut offense that they are, but the Broncos haven't beaten them since week two of 2015. Right. Like the, it's up to the Broncos to end this dismissive view with which the national perspective has on this team. It, I mean, they got to win this game. They got to beat the Chiefs. And a lot of this is common sense as well, because if you play fantasy, if you have Mahomes or Tyreek Hill or Kelsey, they're must-starts, regardless of opponent or week or whatever. And also the Denver defense, yeah, you're probably going to sit them because they're facing, again, the guys who are must-starts. I disagree, though. I'm a big fantasy guy. I know some of you guys aren't out there, but I disagree sitting all Broncos players. Uh, Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay are ideal Fant uh, plays this week, and Noah Fant is a great tight end streamer to start against the Kansas City defense. I would not bench all Broncos offensive players, but to say that it's a slight to Denver that they're saying play all Chiefs starters is is not. It's just common sense. Gerald, it's good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you being in the stream. Um, I'm grabbing this one, John, from Levi, because the stream just did a jump, and I'll go back in and check it on the YouTube side. Uh, but Levi Hope, jumping in again. Thank you, my Thank friend. Thank you, Levi. It means a lot. Bonafide superstar. He says, if we win this game, Duke is shaving his beard and it's going to be on video and we're going to debut it on the podcast. Do we go for any named players in a trade? Do you see the Broncos being active at all before the trade deadlines at? Or did, uh, does this game affect that at all? Um, I don't, I don't see so because they'd be, they'd be breaking even. They're still not exactly undefeated. Who are they going to trade for? Who do they need? Let's say that they don't already have as a replacement, maybe a number one receiver, but then you have Judy and Hamler and Tim Patrick. You can't go there. Uh, maybe an offensive lineman. If Dalton Reisner's uh, hurt or if they want to get some depth, I can't see, I would say an inside linebacker, but they have Nigel Bradham. They have defensive linemen. They have enough cornerbacks. I would say maybe a backup safety, but you have two of the higher, higher paid guys in the league. I don't see the Broncos uh, making a trade unless there's an injury. I don't think a win is going to precipitate a trade. I think an injury and uh, a necessity would make that happen. D Brown up in Canada, jumping in with the super chat. And this is a cat that is active in our YouTube community in terms of commenting quite a bit and just being engaged in the conversation and in the community. And D really appreciate that super chat, my friend and your support. It means a lot to us, my friend. All right, so let me really quick, before we grab this next super here from Zach, uh, let me read this quote from Pat Shermer. And it's a little bit long, but but Zach, there's a reason I want to read it here. This is on what he's seeing from Drew Locke that led to his confidence in taking those shots against the Patriots. You know, and again, this is after Drew was basically inactive for a month of real time. Quote, this is Shermer. We felt like we had to be aggressive, and I think we have to be that way against everybody we play. 
In regards to Drew, throughout the game, I think he was seeing things well. I think for the most part, he was putting the ball where he wanted to. There are certainly things in every game that you have to clean up technique-wise. I think there are two throws at the end that he'd like to have back. I don't know if there's anybody who's ever played a perfect game. There were certainly some mistakes that can be or that came at a bad time for us, but I thought he was seeing things pretty well. He was into it. Even when he makes a good play, he would still come back and say, hey, I saw this. I really put the ball where I wanted it. It's good. I think it's important that if they're going to present that type of coverage that the Patriots did, then you have to take shots on them. They were impressed, and they were in man-to-man, a lot of one-on-one situations. Early in the game, we had a pass interference to, uh, to Alberto, and for some reason they decided to pick it up, and that puts us on the one-yard line, and then a play later he puts a nice ball to Jerry Judy in the end zone, which also could have been a touchdown at that point, which changes the game early in the game. I don't know if it's just a cavalier attitude. I just think that depending on who you play and how they play you, sometimes the ball gets thrown down the field more against some team than others. So, Zach, are they, is he going to have that same kind of cavalier aggressiveness and trust his quarterback in a game that's going to be a weather game against a tough opponent? Well, that maybe I'm just that much of a Shermer critic, but it seemed like he was praising his play calling but knocking Drew Locke for the interceptions, and he wouldn't have thrown the second one if Shermer didn't dial up that long pass. Uh, so I, I said this earlier, based on the way Shermer handled his press conference today, it seems like they realized and they identified being aggressive and opening up the offense, not playing in a phone booth, using Locke's arm talent is going to help them win games. I don't see them ever going back to playing East and West football. I would hope so anyway. Now, what they do, again, we don't have to worry on a game-by-game basis, it sounds like, but on a snap-by-snap basis. He can knock through all he wants. I'm sure Locke would have to would love to have those throws back, but you have to be smarter with the young quarterback. Be aggressive, but don't be stupid. It's a very fine line to walk. Zach Lee Butler jumping in. Appreciate the super chat, my friend. Thank Good you. To see Great you. name. He says, Garrett Bowles showing all of us. And on that topic, Zach... Here's what Garrett Bowles attributes his turnaround to up to this point. Quote, this is today. The difference is just my mental game and the time that I put in this offseason. I put in a lot of effort. When this whole word that shall go unmentioned thing hit this pandemic, a lot of guys didn't have weight rooms and things like that, but I was lucky enough to have a little weight room by myself. I pushed myself extremely hard. I did the little things by taking extra sets and watching film to know where my hand placements are doing a lot of hand drills, mostly just the mental side. And he goes on, a, a you know, repeats himself a little bit, close quote here, but Garrett Bowles dedicated himself to the craft and it's paying dividends. Okay, well, a couple of things here. His motivation was money. The Broncos removed his fifth-year option. They didn't give him an extension. He's going to be a free agent more than likely. He wants to get paid. So that's number one. Second of all, is he telling on himself here? Was he not doing these things before this season? If he would have done those things as a first-round draft pick, he wouldn't have been so terrible the last three years. I, I love that he turns it around. I give him a lot of credit. I've eaten a lot of crow about Garrett Bowles, but I just wish this light bulb would have flickered on three years ago and not in 2020. Josh, good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you being with us on Facebook. 24-year veteran of the Air Force and just a bona fide stud and superstar yes. and supporter of MHH. Amen. We love Chris Hernandez, and he's reminding everybody, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site. 
out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Click those little thumbs up. And if you're on Periscope with us, the hearts makes a big difference in the old algorithm. So appreciate the super chat and the reminder there, Chris. You know we love you, buddy. Chase wants to know, do I start Fant even if yes. it snows? I say yes. Yes. He, Locke will lean on him as a safety blanket. They showed tremendous chemistry in the week one uh, opener. And in tight ends in the NFL, Chad, in fantasy football, they're few and far in between. Noah Fant is among the elite. Start him if you have him. Edward Keating, it's good to see you, my friend. And in his YouTube profile pick, he's proudly rocking the Football Priest hat and the Football Priest T-shirt. We love you, Ed. Good to yes. see you, my dog. Appreciate Thank your support. You. He says, I agree with Zach. Play Bradham this week to cover Kelsey. Why are they waiting? I know Zach will disagree, but if the Broncos win this weekend, I think they should trade for a veteran wide receiver like Green. No. It's A.J. Green or someone like that. No, maybe Julio Jones. <laughs> Atlanta wants to have a fire sale, but A.J. Green literally is given up on the field. And uh, I just don't think they need another receiver, a game-breaking type, when Cortland Sutton's not dead. He's, he's under contract. He's coming back next season. Tim Patrick has stepped up. Hamler is going to have a bigger second-half role, as you and I both predicted before the season, Chad. Uh, and, and Jerry Judy is going to break out eventually. So I don't see a trade uh, regardless this year for a receiver. Wow, Dale. You're really just blowing us away, yeah. my friend. Wow. Amazing. We just Thank appreciate you. it, and we love you, my friend. It goes a long tip way. Trust us Trust us on that. Yes, definitely tip of the cap. Thank you, Dale. He says, I like what Bradley Chubb said. And if you guys missed it, Chubb was available yesterday. He did a little presser. Quote, this is Dale quoting Chubb. If we want to take the next step, this is the team to take that next step against. Close quote. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag Chad, Zach, beast mode, presser after. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I mean, he's right. And Drew Locke mentioned in his press conference on Wednesday, and this was day day one of practice in preparation for the Chiefs, that you know he had already heard countless times that day. It had been brought up by different players. And right now, because of a coach testing positive for the word that shall go unmentioned and not being able to travel last week, the Broncos are under a, an additional temporary restriction with the word that goes unmentioned in terms of their – me, you know, they're not around each other. And he's still hearing that from everybody. Man, we haven't beat the Chiefs since 2015. This is it, man. So to what Dale's speaking to here in Chubb's mindset, look, if we want to prove that this ain't the same old Broncos, right. the close but no cigar Broncos, the, you know, maybe we'll threaten 
500 Broncos, this is where they make that statement. Well said, Dale. Yeah, the, the Justin Simmons Broncos, almost there, just not enough. Um, this is what I'm going to say, though. I agree with the premise 100%. When the Broncos beat the Jets, no one gave them credit for that. It's the Jets that are that bad. When they upset the Patriots, some people started paying attention. Others said, oh, well, Cam Newton was rusty. The Patriots didn't practice. There were all these excuses in the book. If they beat the Kansas City Chiefs, snow or not, the, the entire NFL, 31 other teams, will be forced to pay attention to Denver. So yes, absolutely. They're not contenders yet. They they arguably wouldn't be even if they beat the Chiefs, but they'd be well back on the NFL map and they'd be getting a lot more attention than they are now. But until that point, Chad, let them eat. Love the MHH face mask here from Jordan Cardona jumping in on YouTube. Appreciate you. He says, is Le'Veon Bell playing? All signs point to this is where he's going to get his debut. I would be stunned if Le'Veon Bell does not get a few touches, if maybe even more. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is playing, you know, just phenomenal ball, and he's a rookie and making a lot of teams regret that they didn't draft him. But they brought in Le'Veon for a reason, and he's big, and he's got a lot of experience running between the tackles. And if you want to wear out a Broncos defense, Le'Veon Bell is a guy you could you definitely do that with. Andy Reid kind of left it up in the air. I, I do think it's boring how much he knows the playbook because he went through the CV testing already. He's been with the Chiefs. He didn't play last week. If he does play, he's not going to start. It's going to be Edwards Hilaire's offense for one more week. It, it would be a situational role if he does play as a pass catcher. That's what he brings to the table that the Chiefs weren't sold on with the rookie. So he's not going to play starter snaps, but if he's active, which I think he will be, he's going to force Fangio and the Denver defense to just account for one more player on top of everybody else. All right, we got a question here from Drake Alexander. He says, I'm new to this podcast and a diehard Broncos fan. Welcome, Drake. How many touch? Indeed, welcome. How many touchdowns do you think will be scored in this game total? I'm Ooh. trying to remember what the over-under is. Real quick, I'm just going to – oh, Carl had 55. The, I think you're right. Let me just real, – real quick, just – so here it is. Sportsbetting.com. Sportsbetting.com. I'm pulling it up right now. It's over under is 47.5 per sportsbetting.com. So 47. Just, you know, that's just shy of, of seven touchdowns total. I think though, because it's snow. Wow, that's tough. That's right where I see the game going. Honestly, Zach, we talked about this yesterday. I think if the Broncos get to 23 or 24 points in this game, they put themselves into in position to win, and the weather only strengthens that take, so to speak. So yeah. I'm going to say for the Broncos anyway, I'm going to say they get in the end zone twice and have at least two field goals. I think this the Broncos, even in the snow, they're going to get to 20 this week. I think total touchdowns, I think it'll be five it depends on the snow. It's it's hard for me to say right now. If it's a bad snowstorm versus just a, a little, uh, you know, showering, a drizzling of snow, that's that's different. Um, I do think 23 points each, the over-under, is right where I think the game is going to go. The Broncos have to get to 24, I believe, to win this game in a, an ideal situation with no snow. If there is snow, two to three touchdowns for Denver, a couple McManus field goals, and let the defense take it from there. Yes, Ashton, this is a great suggestion as, you know, as business guys, I mean, we're more, we're content guys. So business tends to be the last thing that, you know, light bulb comes on for us. It says, Hey, can you guys throw the link for the MHH merch store in the description on these streams? Absolutely. We will definitely start doing that, my friend. And John, Thank you, can throw in, uh, the stream here shortly, a uh, real quick here from Joshua on Facebook. I love the comment that Locke said, comparing himself to Darth Vader going against the Jedi counterparts. 
we talked quite a bit about this yesterday, Zach. Just for what it's worth, I saw a lot of uh, reaction to this on social media from Broncos fans. Most of them did not like it. And it's I think it's because, you know, everyone in Broncos country, you view yourself as the Jedi, right? And that they're the dark side. But if you put yourself in Drew's shoes, again, not only did he grow up as a, as a Chiefs fan and in just outside of Kansas City, and he's a true son, went to Mizzou and all that, but like his entire family outside of his mom and dad and his sister and maybe one or two other immediate family members, everyone else, and they're passionate sports fans. They're tailgaters. They're, I mean, they're all still Chiefs. So to him, emotionally, it's still very much, I have to be that villain and go in there and crush the Jedi because he loves his family. They're the good guys. And I got to, I got to be that villain. Unfortunately, that's the way it's got to be. It's business. People always need something to be outraged about. It's amazing. I mean, it's the same Broncos fans who are complaining that Locke threw two picks, but they beat the Patriots last week. I mean, just be happy. It was an innocuous analogy he made about himself and the fact that he got to transform from Buzz Lightyear to Darth Vader to play the Chiefs. It's just a fun comment a, a rival quarterback is making about a rival team. That's all it is. Nothing to make read into it. It's just a young quarterback having some fun through the media. I like it. Mike Kane jumping in on Super Chat. A name, Zach, that we do not right. recognize. Welcome. So Mike. thank you and welcome. Yes, indeed, Mike. He says, Hey guys, longtime listener, just wanted to say you guys rock. Keep it up. Well, thank, thank you. you, Mike. That's very sweet. We do appreciate it, my friend. It means a lot. Don't forget to uh, connect with us on Twitter so that we can shout you out after this episode. Uh, Josh, with a question here on Facebook, what would you think if the KC defense gets home on lock a lot early in the game? Could we see a tight end running back, or two running back sets to keep Locke upright. I think what it would be is multiple tight ends, to be honest with you, if that's how it ends up shaking out. But, you know, I'm not – I worry about Chris Jones. I'm thinking back to that snow game. I haven't rewatched the film, and I will between now and and uh, for uh, Sunday. But f- I remember Frank Clark being more of a problem in that snow game than Chris Jones was. But that's not to minimize Chris Jones. I mean, Chris Jones, I mean, he was – tip of the spear for them in the Super Bowl. I mean, he was just phenomenal. So I don't know. I think, yeah, if when it comes down to protection, if they have to go heavy, it's going to be tight ends more so than two running back sets. But look at the tackles in that game. Was Juwan James playing or was that Wilkinson? I can't remember. It, it was Wilkinson. And then you had Garrett Bowles being the previous version of Garrett Bowles, so that's why they had more success. Garrett Bowles is much better, and DeMar Dotson, now that he's playing, is much better. I worry about the interior, but I think a lot can evade it with his natural improvisational ability. But if it came down to it, yes, they would actually have more running plays, max protect, uh, quick three-step drops. This is, again, this is my my previous point. It comes down to Shermer in the game. I'm not really worried going into the game, but during the game, when things change, situations change, will he adapt? That's what I want to see. Uh, Isaiah wants to know on Facebook, is there any news on A.J. Bouye? And oftentimes, you know, we address this at the top of the show, but sometimes people are going about their business, they're going about their lives, they open up Facebook, they open up YouTube, and they catch the stream mid they don't always see or hear what we talk about early. So Isaiah, he's trending towards playing. There's no way to know for sure up to this point because he's on injured reserve, and so he's not on the practice report. But all signs, based on his activity at practice, point to him returning this week. Yep. I would look uh, for the Broncos to activate him before the game. Yes. So good to have you in the stream, my friend. Welcome. Uh, Duke jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. You, talk about a superstar. And we're all hoping that that beard gets shaved. Sunday night, he says, for Terry Randall, hashtag state of being, great things are happening for him, and I'm stoked for my brother. 
this is good news. Terry, Doug, we'd love to to know what's yes. going on. We support you. We love you. Glad to hear things are going well for you. Terry, up there north of the 49th parallel up in Canada. Love Duke. Love Terry. Good to see you guys. And Terry, congrats on whatever's cooking for you, my friend. Uh, by the way, from Edward, appreciate the super chat. Again, he says, I haven't commented much, but I have been watching. Thanks, Chad and Zach. Thank you, Edward. We know it, my friend. Trust me. We know We know it. You are uh, ride or die with MHH and the Huddle Up podcast. So appreciate you. Holden Adams jumping in. It's been a minute since we've seen Holden Adams. Good to see you and have you in the stream. Uh, he says, is Spencer healthy after his injury or will Tyreek Cleveland be our guy this week? So uh, Spencer is not healthy, Deontay Spencer. He's still been uh, – did not practice Wednesday, did not practice Thursday. Odds yeah, are he's yeah. not going to play. And so it's going to be Tyree this week, I'm, I'm guessing, as far as the returner goes. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, we're getting short on time, so let's muscle through. Uh, well, We might have to be a little bit quicker on some of these supers than we would prefer, but we don't leave anyone in the cold. Spartan2492 jumping in. Appreciate you. Thank you. It says, with a win or a close game where we lose next Sunday, there is a chance for the playoffs. This will be one of the biggest tests for the Broncos. So even if the Broncos lose this game, all right, and they get to two, and they end up two and four, you still got ten games left to go. Zach, that magic number you hit on it is nine, right? To kind of be in the conversation with that seventh playoff spot being opened up in each conference. So that would mean the Broncos would have to go their last ten games, eight or excuse me, seven and two, uh, seven and three, seven and three, to get to nine wins to be in that conversation. It's a tall task, but stranger things have happened in the league. Yeah, even if they lose this game, the season's not over, but it's taking two different approaches to it. You can look at it at, on a macro level of playoffs or a micro level of how the Broncos play the Kansas City Chiefs. If they lose, how do they lose? How does Drew Locke look? Because on a micro level, Locke's development is arguably as important or more important than never making the playoffs this year. Knowing what he can do in any given situation is the question the Broncos have to answer, regardless of record this season. Dale... Man, just being so generous wow. today. Thank you, Dale. Thank you so much, Seriously, Dale. Man, it just blows us away. Really means a lot to us, my brother. He, and it's a symbolic one here on this particular Super Chat. He says 28 points off Locke's arm on Sunday. That's what I hope to see. Four touchdowns. I hate to hear take shots downfield. One-on-one with a winning matchup, okay. Other than that, just take what the defense gives you. Downs are too valuable to take shots. I get what you're saying on that, Dale. The, the chess game that is the, the you know, that 60 minute window in which coaches go up against each other and scheme against scheme and whatnot. Sometimes, you know, you got to set them up and try and knock them down, you know, and that's why it's important to get early, establish the run as, as quick as you can early so that that play action game can actually be a threat for you. And that's something that Zach and I have really been hammering on the last two weeks in particular is there's just too much hut, hut, drop back and throw. Yeah. We like the vertical. We like the showing some aggression, especially when Locke's throwing dimes in those first three quarters last week. But, you know, maybe try and establish the play action. And they had the run game last last week, Zach. Why weren't you doing any play fakes? Because what does that play fake do? What's the purpose behind a play fake? It gets all of the back seven. It it, it, it holds them. From the, exactly. It, it temporarily freezes them or forces them to think. Or it's just that split, just that beat of a heart in which they're just paralyzed for a second. And that's where great things can happen. So utilize the play action more. That's what I want to see, Zach. 
Yeah, I see what the the premise of the point is making, but what's the old Wayne Gretzky expression? You take, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, and that's exactly what it applies to the Broncos. They would never get in the end zone if they don't take shots down the field, and they should have been in the end zone if his receivers could catch last week. We're talking about an entirely different game. I will say this is my bold prediction: if they score twenty eight points, they will win this ball game. That is enough for me. If the Broncos play the same defense they brought against New England, twenty eight points, they will upset the Chiefs on Sunday. Yeah, I mean. I think so. I I agree, man. If you can get to 28, that bodes well. All right, we got Spartan2492 jumping in again. Thank you, my friend. Wow, thank you. He says, it is nice to be aggressive and go for the long ball, but why not try to work on getting the first downs to build chemistry with the players? Your thoughts. So thank you for the super again. Zach, and this just to Dale as well, the best quarterbacks in the game are also the best game managers, including Patrick Mahomes. He's a massive playmaker, right? But he's also an excellent game manager. And that's something that Vic Fangio credited him this week in terms of, I think he's actually even gotten better. And one of the ways that you can clearly see Mahomes is getting better is just the way that he is feeling and managing the game and situations and just, you know, doing all that math subconsciously on probabilities when you're given situations. And so I think the order of the day, and this is the challenge and why it's one of the most difficult jobs for any athlete in all the professional sports is being a quarterback because you have to walk the line of being that game manager. And as Dale said, taking what the defense gives you. And as, as uh, Spartan talked about, you know, work in the middle of the field and building chemistry and all that, while also keeping your eye out for those big plays that are going to be there. You know, those big plays will happen if you're doing everything else right. So you got to be able to walk that line of being the game manager and taking what the defense gives you, but also having the, you know, instinct to put your your boot on the throat, so to speak, when opportunity knocks. Very well put. It also comes down to Shermer dialing up the right plays in the right situations. And this is my this harkens back to my last point. Overall, they're going to be aggressive. And overall, I like aggressive Shermer. But when you're third and three in the red zone, don't throw it to the end zone 20 yards down the field. Don't have a low percentage play call. Throw something underneath to Jerry Judy, a tight end, a running back, and move the chains and then go for the end zone. So Chad said perfectly, it's it's tough to walk a fine line, but it's definitely doable, and the Broncos have shown that. It's all about being consistent and walking that line. Based Gase, jumping in on Super Chat. <laughs> Appreciate you, my friend. What I mean, with those eyeballs, it looks like free base Gase, right? <laughs> um, he says, what's up, guys? Do you think we should have kept Scangarella? Shermer ain't perfect, but I like his aggress- aggressiveness, and Shermer is a hero if wide receivers learn to catch. That's true. I mean, Zach – Everyone would be singing a different tune about Pat Shermer if even two of those dimes that were dropped in the end zone on uh, Sunday against the Patriots are caught. Just Pat Shermer, though, not Drew Locke, the guy getting all the blame for throwing the two picks and not having any touchdowns. I, it's if what do you like to say, Chad? If uh, ifs and nuts were candies and butts, candy and nuts. Yeah, it's it's we can play the what if game all we want, but it didn't happen that way. If if it works out, he's the hero. If it doesn't, he's the goat. And Shermer was the goat in that game. We can only hope he learns from that and is smarter starting Sunday. Antonio Aragon jumping in with a generous super. Thank you, my Thank friend. You, Antonio. He says, always happy to catch an MHH pod, even more happy to see some of our studs coming back for this game. Boye and Purcell can make a huge impact. Hashtag Broncos Country. Yeah, both guys. I mean, Purcell, fortunately, even though he's nursing that knee. He hasn't had to miss any time up to this point. But what should really encourage you, Antonio, and everybody else is, yeah, Bouye's coming back. It's looking like anyway. Noah Fant, there's still, I, I would say, probably 50-50 chance of Hamler. 
And uh, who am I missing? Draymond Jones. You're going to get Draymond Jones back this week as well. So timely, timely. Uh, op- we'll, we'll just say it's opportune, you know, time for these guys to return. And if Boye plays, which I think he will, don't be surprised you see him match up a lot on Travis Kelsey. Big-bodied cornerback, long arms, physical. It's a good matchup for the Broncos' defense. All right, guys. We uh, we do have to dip out of here. I think that is all of our Super Chat superstars for tonight. Let me just make sure we are <clears> – <throat> excuse me. We are not missing anybody here. Bear with me just one second. Um, I think Fan will play fine, by the way what it's worth, Drake. I'm not worried about Fant. Fant has proved to me so far this year that when he's out on the field, you're going to get a very good upper echelon tight end. You just need an offensive coordinator and a quarterback who can recognize that and feed him in the passing game. All right, guys. Thank you so much to each and every one of you for giving us an hour of your time tonight, for those of you who've been with us. And a mile-high salute to our Super Chat superstars and our Facebook supporters. Your generosity, guys, just blows us away. Day in and day out. I mean, Zach and I, we constantly are thanking our lucky stars with how great our community is. Yes. And your support really does allow us to show up every single day, 6 p.m. Mountain to 7 p.m. and drop you this content. And as you guys know, it it goes beyond that as well. We're doing a lot more. We're making videos that are going up at milehighhuddle.com and on YouTube. We're writing articles. We're doing, you know, we're making memes. We're doing every little thing possible to cover your team and give you guys a great experience in the community and also in terms of coverage. So thank you so much to you guys. And uh, of course, Zach and I, we're off from here on out this week, but we will be back on Sunday for the gut reaction. And even before that, Zach, we'll be back for the halftime instant reaction. We'll be back Sunday, but uh, have a great weekend, my friend. You too. I'm always looking forward to going into a game week. And uh, Broncos country, don't write this off as a loss. This could be another Broncos upset. Everyone doubting the Broncos last week. They, you know, the Broncos proved them wrong. Chad and I think win or lose, it's going to be a very, very hard fought and interesting battle on Sunday. Indeed. And don't forget, by the way, guys, we're going to have the Mile High Roundtable article will be published tomorrow on Friday. That's going to be the entire MHH staff making their picks and predictions for Broncos Chiefs. So keep an eye out for that. And just a reminder, guys, since this is our sign off for the week here for the Huddle Up podcast, tomorrow night you have Dove Valley Deep Divers. And then, of course, Saturday, Mile High Insider, same time, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. But keep the conversation going. We want you to connect with us on social media. Zach Kelberman on Twitter, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad N. Jensen. But also, we want you to keep the conversation going at milehighhuddle.com. We want you commenting, we want you engaged. And letting us know how you feel, giving us your takes, giving us your insight on all these topics and issues. I mean, each and every day, there's four to 10 articles that are getting published on milehighhuddle.com covering the storylines on your team. We do want to hear your takes. So make sure you stay with us daily over at milehighhuddle.com. But one last thing before I forget, Zach, how could I forget? Follow the producer, John Cronenberg on Twitter, at John K as well. Trust me when I say you'll love being engaged with John on Twitter. He's a very fun and passionate follow on Twitter. But for now, guys, we got to get out of here. So have a great weekend. For Zach Kalberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll see you Sunday at halftime for Broncos Chiefs. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. 
Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Ram Power Days is going on now with our most powerful lineup of trucks ever. Hurry in and don't just feel the power, own it. And right now, get 0% APR financing plus $3,000 total bonus cash allowance on 2022 Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cab models equipped with a gas-powered V6 engine. Don't miss this great offer. Visit Ram.com to find your local Ram dealer today. Financing for all qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 1031 22.